Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to All You Need to Know Radio. This is John Ashley from All You Need to Know Radio, your host, and we are live from Dallas, Texas. How is everyone doing this morning or this afternoon? Excuse me. Been a long, crazy day for me, so please excuse me. But let's get right to the show. We've got a big, crazy show for you. Let's start with the President of the United States being completely and utterly insulted by the. A reporter from Axios was just amazing. So we're going to start it right here. This is Donald Trump being confronted about the deaths in the United States, where Donald Trump actually says it is what it is. Here's the president of the United States. A thousand a day. If you look at death, yeah, it's going up again. That's daily death. Take a look at some of these charts. I'd love to. We're going to look. Let's look. And if you look at death, yeah. Start to go up again. Well, right here, the United States is lowest in numerous categories. Uh, We're lower than the world. Lower than the world. Lower than Europe. In what? In what? Take a look. Right here. Here's case death. Oh, you're doing death as a proportion of cases. I'm talking about death as a proportion of population. That's where the U.S. is really bad. Well, well, Much worse than South Korea, Germany, etc. You can't. You can't do that. You have Why to go. Can't I do that? You have to go by. You have to go by where. Look, here is the United States. You have to go by the cases. The cases. Why not? As a proportion when of population. When you have somebody, what it says is when you have somebody that yeah. has it, where there's a case. Oh, okay. The people that live sure. from oh. those cases. It's surely a relevant statistic to say if the U.S. Has X population and X percentage of death of that population no, versus you South have to Korea. Go by the cases. Well, look at South Korea, for example. 51 million population, 300 deaths. It's like it's you, crazy. You don't know that. I do. It's you don't know that. You think they're faking their statistics, uh, South Korea? I, I, I won't get into that because they have a very good relationship yeah. with the country. But you don't know that, and they have spikes. Look here's Germany, one, low here's 9,000. Here's one right here, United States. You take anyway. the number of cases. Okay. Now look, we're last. Meaning we're first. Last, I don't know we what we're the first. Is it what? Take a look okay. again. It's cases. Okay. Um, and we have cases because I mean, of the testing. A thousand Americans are dying today, but I understand. I understand on cases it's different. No, but you're not reporting it correctly, Jonathan. I think I am, but if you take a look at this other chart, look, this is our testing, I believe. This is the testing. Yeah. Yeah, we do more tests. No, wait a minute. Well, don't we get credit for that? And because we do more tests, we have more cases. In other words, we test more. We have now. Take a look. The top one. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. The, the top, Jonathan. If if if, if hospital rates were going down and deaths were going down, I'd say terrific. You deserve to be praised for well, testing. They but even, they're all going you know, up. they very rarely Sixty thousand Americans are in hospital. If you watch the news and dying or read the papers, they usually talk about new cases, new cases, new cases. I'm talking about death. Well, you look at it's death. Up. Death is way down from where it was. It's, it's a thousand death. a day. It was two and a half thousand. It went down to five hundred. Now it's going up death. again. Excuse me. Where it was is much higher than where it is right now. It went down and it's it went up like, again. But now it's going down again. It's, it's going, going down in Arizona. It's going down in Florida. Nationally, it's it's going, going down up. in Texas. Take a look at this. These are the tests. It's going down in Florida? Yeah, it's going. It leveled out and it's going down. That's my report as of yesterday. Anyway, Mr. President, if I could change something. It is going down in Arizona. It Arizona, is it is. Arizona it is. Texas has big spiked, problems. And it, is, it, it spiked and it's now going down in Florida. It's evened out and going down in Florida. I'll have to see those. But, but you have to look at this. This is the number of tests compared to the rest of the world. I don't deny your figures. You've done more tests by far than the rest right. of the world. I don't and deny because that. Because we've done more tests, we have more cases. 
you, you have can more advice. Mr. President, um, different subject. It's been widely reported that the U.S. has intelligence indicating that Russia pays bounties, often to pay bounties. Okay, almost. So what is it? What goes through your mind when you hear the President of the United States say, according to deaths in the United States because of the Trump virus, it is what it is? Well, a number of things go on, go through my mind, Sean, and I thank you for having me on again. Um, I would say that the primary issue here is that he's viewing this in terms that he always views it, which is PR and spin. It, it's all about how he can protect himself politically, and it's nothing to do with the actual truth of what is happening in terms of coronavirus infections and death rates and things like that. It is what it is, reminds me of Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake. It's, he's just showing callous disregard for the people who he supposedly is leading. And everybody that's just joining us, this is John Hollywood, your host of All You Need to Know Radio with Almost Warridge, with Warridge and Nunn. Almost give him a telephone number. If you guys need legal help, this is the guy to call. Thank you, John. 972-863-9592. We do personal injury, real estate, and general civil litigation. And, you know, what I love about this interview, if I can love anything about the President of the United States being completely humiliated, was that he's so outmatched by this guy from Axios. And everybody that's listening – <laughs> These excerpts were playing from uh, Axios uh, on HBO Max, and uh, this guy is, first of all, he's a good-looking guy. Donald Trump very much almost acts like he's flirting with him. It's really, really kind of eerie, because <laughs> I don't want Donald Trump on our side of the lane in any way. <laughs> but, but I don't think you have anything to worry about on that front, John. Yeah, I don't either. But the thing is, is that this show tonight is brought to you by TV Entertainment Group. You can find them on all social media. Let's talk about the fact that Joe Biden. We're going to switch his little gears because I wanted to play that because we, we didn't get a, we didn't get you at the very beginning, but I wanted to play that mm-hmm. because it really shows the the intellectual of that Donald Trump is not. He's <laughs> he's like a five year old yeah. child. He sits there and says, and his you can't do it that way, Jonathan. He goes, well, yes, I can, Donnie. Donnie. <laughs> it, it, it really did. See, I think that that's a apropos comparison. It really did. I, I watched the entire interview, and it really did feel like he was debating with a child or someone who had diminished mental capacity. Uh, the, the guy has and, – and I – you know – often talk about the Democrats being poor at messaging. And one of the reasons I do so is it's so clear that the emperor has no clothes. He doesn't understand politics and policy in any kind of real way. He doesn't have policy on things like health care and pandemic response. What he has is he has PR and spin and marketing, and that's his talent. That's what he's good at, but when it comes to actually looking at data and making policy decisions about that data, he's completely out of his element and incapable. Um, So Jonathan Swan, the journalist, he did what most good journalists used to do, which is ask reasonable follow-up questions and make sure that the answers clearly respond to the question. And one of the reasons Trump became so flustered and that interview was so widely panned is because with just a little bit of follow-up and clarity, it became clear he has no idea what he's talking about. Well, I just looked at the interview, and it's had almost 9 million views in less than 24 hours. Mm. Incredible. On YouTube? Uh, yes, sir. So yeah. let's talk about – And just everybody knows, we are going to get to our main topic, which should Joe Biden debate Donald Trump because he's a pathological liar, unless Donald Trump agrees to two things. One, there should be a fact checker there. And the other, I'll tell you in just a minute. 
but I want to make sure that everybody understands. We have we, we just have a jam-packed show today. Here is the Axios, Jonathan Swan, asking Donald Trump specifically, and he puts him dead to rights about Russia and the bounties of our U.S. troops being murdered. The West has intelligence indicating that Russia paid bounties or offered to pay bounties to Taliban fighters to kill American right. soldiers. Right. You had a phone call with Vladimir Putin on July 23rd. Did you bring up this issue? No, that was a phone call to discuss other things, and frankly, uh, that's an issue that uh, many people said was uh, fake news. Who said that it was, was fake news? I think a lot of people, uh, if you look at some of the wonderful folks from the Bush administration, uh, some of them, not any friends of mine, were saying that it's a fake issue. But a lot of people said it's a fake issue. There was well, we, had a call, we had a call talking about nuclear proliferation, which right. is a very big subject, where they would like to do something and so would I. We discussed numerous things. We did not discuss that, no. And you've never discussed it with him? I have never discussed it with him, no. Regardless. I would. I'd have no problem with it. But you don't believe but, you know, the intelligence. It's because you don't believe the intelligence. That's why. Uh, everything, you know, it's interesting. Nobody ever brings up China. They always bring Russia, Russia, Russia. If we can do something with Russia in terms of nuclear proliferation, which is right. a very big problem, bigger problem than global warming, right. a much bigger problem than global warming in terms of the real world, uh, that would be a great thing. Uh, it never reached my okay. desk. You know why? Because they didn't think it was intelligence. They didn't think it was real. It was in your written brief, though. Apparently. They didn't think it was worthy. Of re I wouldn't mind. If it reached my desk, I would have done something about it. It never reached my desk because... Do you read your written brief? I do. do I read you? a lot. Really? You know, I read a lot. They like to say I don't read. I read a lot. Uh, you read your I, daily I comprehend extraordinarily well. Uh, probably better than anybody that you've interviewed in a long time. Uh, I read a lot. I spend a lot of time with, uh, at meetings. Uh, usually it's once a day or uh, at least two or three times a week intelligence. Because this was apparently... Talking about India, right. talking about right. with the problems with China, talking about so many different elements of the world. Mm -hmm. The world is a very uh, angry place. If you look all over the world, we call up, I get, uh, I see 22 soldiers were killed in India with China fighting over the border. It's been raging for many, many decades, and they've been fighting and back and forth. I, I have so many briefings on so many different countries, but this one didn't reach my desk. The reason I say this is, is even if you don't believe the, this particular piece of intelligence, and there is dispute, no doubt there is dispute in the intelligence community about it, your former, uh, John Nicholson, former head of forces in Afghanistan, said, and this is when he was working for you, that Russia is supplying weapons to the Taliban. Isn't that enough to challenge Putin over the killings of well, U.S. soldiers? Well, we supplied soldiers? weapons when they were fighting Russia, too. You know, when we were, when they were fighting with the Taliban when, yeah, in that, Afghanistan... It's a different era. Well, it's a different... I'm just saying, yes. But does that... We, how no, does that I'm affect... I'm just saying we did that, too. But how does that... I don't know. I didn't ask Nicholson about that. He was there for a long time, didn't have great success because, you know, he was there before me, and then ultimately I made a change. But you surely heard that, right? I mean, it's well known in the intelligence um, community that they're arming the Taliban, Russia. Uh, I don't know. When you say arming, is supplying weapons. Or they, Russia know, is supplying weapons uh, and money to the Taliban. I have heard that, but it's never, re again, it's never reached my desk. I mean, he said it on the record when he was in. Hey, Russia doesn't want anything to do with Afghanistan. Okay, I'm just going to call bullshit on it didn't reach <laughs> my desk. Seriously. Anybody that is the President of the United States and there's no such thing that I know of dealing with intelligence people of verified intelligence. <laughs> I mean, when his blonde head bitch gets up on the, excuse me, I need to be nice. Kelly, whatever her name is, I don't, she's not, she doesn't matter in my life because she lies just like. Are you talking time. about Kaylee McElhaney, the yeah. new press secretary? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's worse than Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Well, she was a damn daughter's of a preacher, and she lied every day. I never got that. I don't really care to at this point. But almost, what is verified intelligence? Well, um, understand that I'm not an intelligence expert, but my understanding is that the president in his presidential daily briefing receives um, information that the CIA – or excuse me, that the DNI, the Director of National Intelligence, prepares every single day. 
and it was widely reported in several news outlets that and um it was also um reported in Bolton's book that uh it did in fact the issue of the Russian bounties to the Taliban did in fact make it into several presidential daily briefings as well as um part of some of those national security meetings that the president referred to in the clip that you played. So one of the reasons why Swan was so effective is he was aware of that prior news story. And when the president said it didn't reach my desk, you heard, because he immediately said, do you read your presidential daily brief? And And Donnie's answer was, of course, I read all the time. But as you said, John, I um, uh, let, let me just nicely say I, I don't think that that's necessarily a factually accurate statement. And that's very nicely put. <laughs> um, I, I literally sat here thinking, how do I say this in a nice way? The thing is, is that we were going to take a break on those and then you usually leave, but mm-hmm. can, I'm going to skip our break. And because I do want to get to the, what, what our topic was, if you're okay with that, unless you need I've to got go. at least another 15 minutes for you, John. Oh, awesome. Well, do you mind if we take a quick break mm-hmm. then? Do it. Okay. So we'll take a quick break. And uh, what, what we're going to do is this is Billie Eilish. And she is the most incredible entertainer. I mean, she won every award. And she's the most strangest looking entertainer also. But she's brilliant. So that's what happens. So listen to this. We're going to take just one commercial break. We'll be right back. I'm John Hollywood, your host of All You Need to Know Radio with the amazing law of politics, constitutional lawyer, almost Warwick with Warwick and none. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Donald Trump. 
Does that surprise you? You know what I find very interesting about that? The, the answer is no, it does not surprise me. But you know what I find very interesting about that is Donald Trump, For uh, he's recently changed his tune in the last week and a half, two weeks. You know, he said, wear a mask, this is going to get worse before it gets better. But for months and months and months, he was saying, you know, this is a hoax, it's not that bad, you know, everybody, boo-hoo, poor me, they're doing this to hurt my re-election campaign, things like that. Um, but what he what he was doing is anybody who actually went into the West Wing of the White House and got anywhere near Donald Trump himself had to be tested. And so it was, you know, we always talk about GOP hypocrisy, but that's a particularly insidious hypocrisy, you know, saying it is what it is. People are dying, but making sure that he's safe. So the fact that the governor was tested prior to meeting with Donnie doesn't surprise me at all. And of course, just like anyone else, the governor is going out and working and interacting with people. And so he has a chance of contracting this pandemic. Now, I wish the governor DeWine the best of health. I hope he, you know, can get over this and does not have severe symptoms. But um, it does not surprise me at all that he was te- that he tested positive, and it doesn't shock me that he was required to be tested prior to his pre-scheduled meeting with the president. Oh, not at all. So let's mm-hmm. move on to another thing. And guys, we are going to come back. I promise. We have a jam-packed show. This is almost has given us 15 more minutes. Um, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. The coronavirus and the numbers are climbing. And um, like in California, they were declining. And what they have now found out, people are having house parties because the bars and clubs are closed. So the governor of of California says what they're going to start doing is they're going to start shutting off the water and the electricity to these mansions that are having these houses. I want to know, is that legal? Um, uh, just, just as a factual matter, I think it's the mayor of LA, but, um, as as a, as a, yeah, you're fine. As a legal matter, um, correct. Yeah. As a legal matter, I, I'm honestly not sure. Um, I think it's arguably a, uh, public health and safety matter for which there's broad emergency powers for, mayors and all kinds of elected officials. But I think you could also reasonably argue if you were counsel for a homeowner who had their utilities cut off, that that is an unreasonable seizure under the Fourth Amendment or potentially a taking under the Fifth Amendment and also maybe some form of a Jewish interference with a contract because you have an agreement with the um, service provider for the water or electricity and if you pay your water bill the government is not supposed to cut off your electricity your water right um that said i think that if this matter were actually litigated to a court there is a pretty good chance that the court would rule in favor of the city saying that it was a reasonable health and safety response to a pandemic and not a government unconstitutional overreach but well, um, it's it's actually a pretty has, interesting legal question. Because the mayor has broad powers when the health gets involved is what. From the research that I did, I found a lawyer that actually yeah. said that yes, it was legal, but he thought it was stupid mm-hmm. and he thought it was he thought it was petty. And I was first of all thrown back because I'm used to more professional responses from attorneys. I guess I, guess I got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> But this guy was very catty about it. And for me, I'm thinking, listen, people are dying. What else is going to have to happen? Um, right. And, remember- and that's the thing is it, I, that, that lawyer who said it's, it, it is legal, you know, he is not a judge. He's a private counselor. And, you know, when – frankly, it's irresponsible for that attorney to say, oh, it's definitely legal. He doesn't know. Um, because we're in a unique situation, and each factual scenario results in a 
of facts to be presented to the court to answer the question, is it legal? So the answer is it is probably legal, but I can see where it may be a violation of that homeowner's property rights um, in certain factual scenarios. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And the thing is, Mm -hmm. is that I just wish everybody would just understand this is not a game. I mean, people, we, right. we're not making these rules and wanting you to stay inside to, to, to punish you. You're not being punished. We're trying to save your damn life and everybody else is around. We're worried 160,000 mm-hmm. Americans have died from this Trump virus. Real quick, let's move on to one more thing, and then we're going to go to should Joe Biden debate Donald Trump because he's a serial liar. Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Is sounding the alarm, and I bet you are going to agree with her on this. She released a statement saying, I fear Republicans' sabotage of the USPS, including slowing mail delivery, is a Trump strategy to make voting by mail more difficult this fall. Request your ballots and return them as soon as you can. Hillary Clinton, your thoughts? Hill Dog is right again. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Miss um, Clinton's policy, but she is right on about that particular aspect of what's going on. Um, the new postmaster general is a Trump crony with no um, experience handling these types of organizations, and he's making internal changes which will result in slower mail delivery. Um, the union of postal workers, which is still a quite a strong union, has said that they're going to do everything they possibly can to timely deliver mail and ballots. But um, Clinton's and others, she's not the only one who's saying this. Uh, the the point that uh, Trump's attack on mail and ballots is. I mean, it's it's naked. It's obvious what he's doing. He's trying to call into question the results of the election that he's very likely to lose. I mean, if polling holds, and obviously Clinton was polling above Trump in 16 around this time prior to the election, your listeners cannot get complacent they need to vote. But um, it's, he, he challenged the results of the election that he won. Because he lost the popular vote and claimed that there was millions of fraudulent vote ca- votes cast with no evidence. No matter what happens, whether he wins or loses, challenge the veracity of the vote count. The other day, he said something along the lines of, we may not know the results of this election for years. He's quite nakedly trying to set up some form of an undemocratic non-transition of power where the new president is not sworn in on January 21st. Whether it's him or Joe Biden, the new the, per the terms of the Constitution, the president's term ends. He has to get sworn in on the 21st of January, and I think what he's trying to set up is some idea that that won't occur, that he's going to challenge the veracity or the results of the election, try to tie it up in court, and then not and then refuse to leave in early January. Now but I've see, been saying for months that this uh-huh, please proceed. Go ahead, no, go ahead. Okay. I've been saying for months that this is a, a, a real danger. That um if he is defeated at the ballot box or in the electoral college no, he's going to do something undemocratic to disrupt the transition of power. Um, the fact that the military – the fact that people like Biden and Clinton and others are so clearly calling it out, calling a spade a spade on this particular topic is heartening. The fact that the military stood up to him – like regarding the Lafayette Square incident and refusing to send the National Guard to break up the protesters outside the White House, that's also heartening. I think that there's a good chance that our institutions will hold and he will not be able to stay in office without winning the election in November. Um, through he will not be able to stay in office through January 21st without winning the election in November. But I think he's going to try. 
And that's terrible. So tell me if I'm right. right. Mm-hmm. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. My understanding is come January 21st, if there is a debate of who is win of who's winning the election, Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. has been sworn in as president. Is that right or wrong? Uh, you're 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 pretty much right, but technically what happens is the there is a new congressional election, right? We're currently in the 116th Congress. And um, every two years, the House of Representatives, every single one of them, all 465 of them, are reelected. Um, assuming that the Democrats get the majority in the House of Representatives in the 117th Congress, and assuming that they reelect Nancy Pelosi as the Speaker of the House, then yes, she becomes the president if Donald Trump refuses to vacate. So the answer is yes, that? but there's a technicality. Do you think he's thought about that um, scenario? I think he the, the thing is is I think he's been advised by people who are smarter than him that that's what happens. Um but I think that that assumes that the constitutional order holds and um as you may recall the impeachment trial that occurred 4 months ago or whatever it, we, he was dead to rights. There, we had smoking guns. When I say we, the Democratic prosecutors had multiple smoking guns. Um, the the guy obviously defrauded the uh, not defrauded, um, uh, mailed the Ukraine. Uh, I want you to do me a favor, though. Otherwise, I'm not going to give you this military aid. You know, we had the smoking gun. We had it on on freaking recording and. That's a high crime or misdemeanor, and the Senate refused to convict and didn't even want to hold a real hearing. No witnesses. And, boy, that's so, another you know, radio the, show, and I can get you talking, but I'm going to hold you to this because I promised I would hold you, hold you for to 15 more minutes. So let's move to this last right, thing. Right, the point – sure. well, just to finish that thought, I agree with you it's another radio show, but to your point, sir um, – the whole idea of the orderly transition of power occurring on January 21st to go from Trump to Pelosi, I just think it's incredibly unlikely to happen. I think what is much more likely to happen is it orderly goes from Trump to Biden, or there's some sort of terrifying disorder. Well, because if there is a a situation where it's a landslide to Biden, there's nothing that Donald Trump yeah. would be able to do, period, right? I mean, theoretically, all he has to do is get one more electoral vote, and it's over. Um, but uh, there's no, it's a zero-sum first-past-the-post election, whether he wins by 99% of the vote or you know, 51% of the vote. If he wins, he wins. So, yeah. Cool. Producer, cut the next two commercials because we're going to stay with Almost. Almost, let's get to this question. Mm-hmm. Should Joe Biden – debate President Donald Trump in an election, and here's the reason that this has been uh, put to a test. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a reporter with uh, Wall Street, um, I can't even think of the name of it now, Dead Gummit. the New York Times, excuse me. Wall Street Journal, New York Times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is New York Times. It's ur- columnist urges Biden not to debate Trump unless POTUS agrees to two conditions. He says, I worry about Joe Biden debating Donald Trump. He should do it if only under two conditions. Otherwise, he's giving Trump an unfair advantages. Uh, Friedman began his column Tuesday evening. Friedman said that the conditions should be. No, I, I read be, the column. I, mm-hmm. So the conditions should be that Trump should release his 2016 to 2018 tax returns. Joe Biden would do the same. And then there would be a real time fact checker at the debate. Does does Joe Biden have a uh, would Joe Biden be in a losing possibility if he refused to debate Donald Trump because he's a serial liar? In your you opinion, know, this is a really interest. This is a really interesting question, and I think it's more of a political question than a legal question. Um, and from a political perspective, um, in my opinion, Biden doesn't have a lot to gain from debating Trump. And I think it's reasonable to assume that just like he did in 16, if Biden, if Trump does agree to debate, it will be on Trump's terms and also with 
moderation that is at least somewhat favorable to Trump. And I think that in that election, there the, the landscape was different and the country was different, and it made sense for Clinton to agree to those debates. Um, in this election, the landscape is very, very different, and Trump has made a number of mistakes, what I guess you would call them own goals, like, for example, that disastrous interview, which is how we began this show. So um, in my opinion, if I were advising Joe Biden, I would advise him not to debate Donald Trump without some serious preconditions. And I like the idea of saying, I've released two years of my taxes, you released two years of yours, and I'll debate you. Because otherwise, you're going to claim that I'm part of the swamp. You know, you're going to claim that I'm <laughs> beholden to special interests, but I can't make the same counter argument, even though you are, because you refuse to release your tax returns. So I, I like that strategy for, as, as a political strategy. Um, I don't think it'll have a serious. Um, negative effect on Biden's campaign if he couches it correctly. The messaging is important. You know, you say, Donnie, the Biden's team says, we will debate Donald Trump if he releases the same amount of taxes that Biden released. And I, I can see how the general populace would be like, okay, that makes sense. I'm even so more concerned about I, I, as much as he lies. So a real-time fact checker, I think that – or it actually says a real-time fact-checking team because Donald Trump lies so much. He's a serial liar. There's no, there's no getting around well, it. He, I, I completely agree. That's, that's the accurate analysis, and the, the, the problem is who fact-checks the fact-checker? What, what, what is a fact? You know, Truth is slippery. And um, I never knew how slippery I'm it was. Sure. Donald, I met I met this awful man mm -hmm. named Donald Trump. <laughs> Seriously, I right, exactly. Knew no, I I mean you're absolutely right, and you know that's why you look at like a Snopes.com or like a Politifact.com, and in there'll be one sentence, you know. Coronavirus cases coronavirus cases are going down, and then. To respond to that factual allegation, there's you know ten pages of writing and research and links and science and all that stuff, and I'm just not confident that real time fact checking in a robust and accurate way is possible during a debate where there'll be a hundred factual assertions in. Uh, an hour period, like, are they going to do a hundred research papers in an hour? I mean, how big is this fact-checking team? I, I just, See, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think I wanted, that the fact-checking thing is realistic. That's why I wanted to ask you these, because you just put so many other mm -hmm. things in my mind that I never even thought about. I'm going to let you go ahead and give your closing argument. Here you go. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And it's a real pleasure. I really appreciate the platform of being able to discuss these matters on the air with you. So the closing argument is the same closing argument I've been giving for several weeks. If you're listening to me and you live in America, register to vote and vote straight ticket Democrat. This is the most important election in the history, in the modern history of America. Donald Trump is a terrifying president, and I don't know if the country could survive four more years of his administration. Vote, vote, vote. Early vote. Register to vote. Register your friends. Um, and I uh, wish all of you the best of luck. Thank you so much, John. Have a wonderful day. Absolutely. All right, guys. That was Almost Warriors with Warriors and None. We were just uh, lucky enough to be able to have him a little bit longer because we usually cannot. Just such such an amazing mind, brilliant mind. The way he puts things out there, we've got to, you know, we're just very privileged to have him with us. Once again, Warwards and None, you need legal situations. They're on all social media. All right, guys, so this is a really good friend of mine, Ty Herndon. His hit single, So Small, made a mega, mega hit by country music superstar, Carrie Underwood. Uh, and when we come back, you know, Donald Trump wants the schools to open. There's only one problem. Kids are dying. Uh, kids are testing positive. 
We're being sent pictures of kids in a hallway, in a crowded hallway, with no mask. So, Donald Trump doesn't care. He only wants it for political reasons. This is John Hollywood, your host of All You Need to Roam Radio. Don't touch that dial. This show tonight is brought to you by PB Entertainment Group on all social media. Also, when we come back, we're going to give a big shout out to a company that's been in business 15 years as of yesterday. And they are fighting for the American dream, even in this pandemic situation we have right now. We'll be right back. In Minneapolis this morning. Good morning. Good morning. I want to start with the question of the GDP numbers. They were awful in the last quarter. What did you see inside of those numbers? Well, the thing that surprised me the most economically, we knew the GDP would be very low with 20 million Americans still out of work. The economy is reeling. There's one bright spot that I saw, though. The U.S. personal savings rate has taken off. Before the crisis, it was around 8%. Now it's around 20%. Now, let me tell you what's going on. Those of us who are fortunate enough to still have our jobs, we're saving a lot more money because we're not going to restaurants or movie theaters or vacations. That actually means we have a lot more resources as a country to support those who've been laid off. And so while historically we would worry about racking up too much debt, we're generating this savings ourselves. That means Congress has the resources to support those who are most hurting. So one of the things that Republicans have brought up when they talk about this aid bill, and particularly the size of of the unemployment benefit, is that it's putting too much strain uh, on the deficit. And so is your point that the the private savings is a cushion against that strain? That's the first part of the question. The second part is, but won't racking up uh, debt ultimately be something we have to deal with in the long term? Well, right now we're generating so much more savings than we have before. It's simply not an issue because we're not having to go abroad to fund these extra, the extra money for the CARES Act or whatever is to come. So that provides a lot of relief right now. And if you look over the long term, our inflation has been very low. Inflation continues to be low. Inflation expectations continue to drift lower. Right now, the U.S. can fund itself at very, very low rates. Congress should use this opportunity to support the American people and the American economy. I'm not worried about it. We, if we get the economy growing, we will be able to pay off the debt. Let me say inside of this bill they're debating on the $600 unemployment, weekly unemployment help. One of the Republican arguments is that at $600, there's some number of workers who are getting paid more than they would in a job, and therefore they're staying at home. Do you see any evidence in the data that supports public policy based on that idea? Well, not right now. Not when 20 million people are out of work relative to February. There's just so many fewer jobs than there are workers available. At some point, it'll be an issue. When we get the unemployment rate eventually back down to 5% and we want to get it back down to 4% or 35 where it was before, yes, that disincentive to work becomes material. But right now, it's simply not a factor in the macro economy that we have in the U.S. because we have so many millions of Americans out of work. What is your view about the path back to economic health? There have been halting efforts to reopen uh, and to get the economy going again. Are they going to continue being halting until there is a vaccine? When does robust behavior come back? And what is the central, how are people behaving when it does get more robust? They don't have anything in place as far as what is going to happen, uh, what is going on. And um, I do understand that uh, my microphone was muted, and I apologize for that. 
Uh, I jumped to another microphone because my microphone went. So let's start over real quick. This is John Hollywood with All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host of All You Need to Know Radio. Heard exclusively on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we're a live show, so sometimes we do run into some things like that. But uh, we had almost Warwick on here earlier, and it was just amazing to listen to his intellect as far as what is going on in this world. Um, make sure that you get your uh, mail-in ballots as quickly as you can and and, and vote and get them in the mail. Um, because Donald Trump is going to try to steal this election. Make no mistake, Donald Trump is an evil, corrupt man, the worse than Richard Nixon. He's so evil and corrupt that even though his son, Barron, their school, Barron's school is not going to open right now. And Donald Trump is not mentioning that in anything he's talking about and why other reporters are not bringing that up to Donald Trump. I do not know, but I have a feeling that you're going to hear that eventually. What about your son's school is closed, but yet you want everybody else to come back to school? Now, there are teachers that are out there terrified that they're going to lose their lives because Donald Trump wants everybody back in school for political reasons. It would be different if Donald Trump actually cared about what was going on in our lives, and he actually cared about our kids, and he actually cared about their education. Make no mistake, Donald Trump doesn't give a shit about you or your kids. Donald Trump only cares about Donald Trump and what he can benefit from. And it it is just mind-boggling to me. It's hard for me to even watch him on TV because he lies so much. We have a serial liar and a corrupt and a crooked man in the White House named Donald John Trump, impeached for life. And he just gets fatter and fatter all the time. I'm not trying to be mean, but then today, and he talks about, you know, he doesn't want people to wear masks or he does want people to wear masks. I can't keep up with him. Um, You know, and I'm a lot younger than Donald Trump, but I will give him this. The stamina he's got to lie to you and just keep going on is hilarious. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. But uh, we were sent uh, this picture of the first day of school, and I believe it's in Atlanta. And it's a photo of all these kids, and they are not social distancing. They are not physical distancing. What they are doing is they are – Packed in a hallway. I see one, two, three masks out of about 50 people, I think. That is not healthy. That is not good. That is not social distancing of any kind. Um, And so I posted on social media, when I look at this photo, it angers me beyond belief. Damn it, people. Don't you understand? If we do not change our habits, we are never, and I mean never, going to live the same life we used to live. Young people, you dumbasses, in this picture, you are putting your life, your parents, your grandparents, and anybody that you live with that has a worse immune system than you do in danger. You literally could be killing them when you walk through the front door of your home. That that you might occupy with them. And then I put hashtag, schools should not open for the rest of the year. Well... I got slammed on social media. Thomas Johnson, oh, nice. Now we are attacking teenagers, you on the level with Biden, except Biden would want to touch them inappropriately. And then uh, Jason Jennings, uh, one of our – a friend of the show, and plus, you know, I love how, you know, if if, if we post up on social media and you come for me – you might be surprised at the responses that you get because um, they're very protective of us. And, um, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to keep reading what I did as I hit the wrong button um, because we have nine comments on here. And um, so uh, Jason responds, Thomas Johnson. Yeah, this is attacking teenagers, much like windmills steal wind. Trump just wants to F the the use of America in any way he can. See, I can put – see, I can put stupid, irrelevant shit here too. 
Thomas, then another guy named Sean Smart responded to Thomas Johnson saying, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him either. And then uh, one of our top fans, Aaron Terrell, said, and Trump would grab them by the pussy, then he, and they wouldn't resist. Both parties are shit shows. Then Jackie Odessa House, and she says, and how is this the, the young people's fault? If anything, they're the least to blame in this. I'm sure they didn't get a say in whether or not schools will reopen. Uh, then Dan Raffin says, when are you going to realize life will never be the same? You know, I have to say, I actually agree with Dan. T.J. Winning said, every health professional, including the director of the CDC, says to open up the schools of how many, how many people have to die of suicide, et cetera. Sounds like he's listening to Trump. Because I have never heard anybody from the CDC say that. So I'm going to say that's a lie. That's all the rise ever since these lockdowns have started to include depression, alcoholism, domestic violence, etc. are on the rise. See, Donald Trump said every one of these things earlier today. People aren't working out. People aren't eating healthy, really unhealthy right now, which also has health issues of their own. <sighs> I'm having a hard time reading this because it's almost everything Donald Trump said today. It's almost like he took what Donald Trump said and copy and pasted it and put it on a Facebook page. All because we want to protect people from a virus. This is T.J. Winning, uh, W-E-N-N-I-N-G. This is all to protect a virus of, with 99% survival rate. That is so not true. Kids are going to go starving. People are losing their homes, jobs, etc. The economy is crashing. Why is it I can go to Walmart with a shit ton of people in it, but I can't go to a local family-owned small business? Small, small businesses are going to go away for good while we let the big corporations stay open. Why? Why is it the big corporations get a pass? Why is it you hear about Walmarts across the country having severe COVID-19 cases when they're employed, with their employees when they come into the contact with hundreds of people a day? But yet some of small family-owned businesses is too much of a health risk. Yes, this is a virus and is real, and I understand that, but this is being politicized at an alarming level. We are willing to sacrifice a lot of Americans just to get Trump out of office. Is that what this is? Because that's what it looks like to me. For, for, for some kids to get away from abusive homes, don't take that away from the kids. Let the teachers do their jobs period, because if there's a hint of abuse towards a kid, the teachers are required by law to report them. Let's save our kids. That was all from TJ Winning. And there's a couple of more responses, but um, you can go to our Facebook page on All You Need to Know Radio, and there's a lot of responses to that, okay? So it's just – but the thing is, is that how many, how many kids actually have to have a problem – with how things are going. You know what I mean? How many kids actually have to have a problem to where they're dying and they're actually dying? I don't know. I don't know how, how that's supposed to work. But the thing is, is that I just don't think that we should be doing anything to make it a possibility that our kids could die. I mean, Laura Trump, which is Donald Trump's uh, niece, was on Dana Perino, um, and she used to do, be George Bush's uh, press secretary. And she was asking Laura Bush about, you know, about kids being not safe to go to school. And Laura Bush was saying, well, kind of agreeing with Donald Trump, about that most kids can't get the coronavirus, which is not true. We, just a couple of weeks ago, in one of the saddest posts that I've ever done, we had a five-year-old kid, a boy, die of the coronavirus, five years old. And it was almost like Laura Trump was saying that there's not that many – they're sure that some kids are going to die, but we've got to do that to get these kids back to school. That just doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. So would you be a parent to send your kid um, 
to die, to possibly die, just so they can go back to school? Not me. All right, guys, let's move on to a little bit better and happy, a little bit placer of our show, and it's called our Entertainment Watch. Have you ever heard of a little artist named Taylor Swift? Well, Taylor Swift just keeps breaking records. She just has a brand new album called Folklore, and it's number one in every country. Um, She sold over 2 million copies of the album the first week, and um, it sold 1.3 million copies in the first 24 hours. Also, um, it's being reported that this is the best work that she's ever done. This is the favorite album of everyone. And, um, you know, it's just amazing to me that Taylor Swift... She, we need, we need artists like Taylor Swift because she even shot a video, like a lyrical video for almost every song on the album. And we highly recommend that you go and get this album. Um, it, the, the album is actually number one right now in the UK. Um, and Taylor Swift had never lodged an album for two weeks at number one in the UK before, so she broke another record there. She just continually ups the ante every single time. And I don't know for sure that there's actually a song on here that um, this was, I'm reading this from Yahoo. In the in the U.S., Swift is expected to to have an easy lock at number one in the second week with Farklore, even with the distribute the distribution for the week limited to digital sales and streaming. Estimates for the album's second frame seem it's racking up more than 100,000 additional album units a week on top of the 846,000 it collected its debut week, putting it close to 1 million units for the first two weeks period. With no other major releases happening, the nearest competition to Folklore in the U.S. will be the Prosponis albums of by Poke, I'm sorry, Pop Smoke, and Juice World. Well, I actually don't actually agree with that. We have uh, our song pick of the week, which we're going to do now. And I don't know if you guys even remember One Hand in My Pocket, um, I Want You Ought to Know. Uh, this was uh, this little bitty woman that came from nowhere, and she had a dirty mouth, but she sang from her heart. And she wrote songs about people that messed her over, and her name was Alanis Morissette. She did one album, and that album did so well, it basically allowed her to retire, and she has had an incredible career. She tried to come back after leaving the country or or something because the next album she released, I didn't like anything on it. So I think she released two more albums, but now she has a brand new album And we are going to let you hear the song pick of the week, and then I will tell you the title of the brand new album. So this is our song pick of the week for All You Need to Know Radio, and it's by the artist of Alanis Morissette, the incomparable Alanis Morissette, and it's called A Blaze. Take a listen. soul of Alanis Morissette in that the the just a small little bit we played 
go and get this album. This album is called uh, Pretty. Where did it go? I just had it here. <laughs> okay, it is called uh, Such Pretty Forks in the Road, and um, there are several songs on this actual album that I actually just completely love and have fallen in love with. I mean, Alanis Morissette is one of the most incredible songwriters and she will be forever she she forever changed music so make sure that you go and download her album make sure that um any of the artists that you've heard on our song on our show tonight uh, support the arts guys it's important that um you know that you get the music that you, that you get the music and uh, alanis morris at this brand new album i tell you what it's called such pretty forks in the road go to itunes go anywhere and download this album it's going to be a number one hit and with that guys we are out of time i'm i'm john hollywood your host and i'd like to remind you to every time that you wake up in the morning look yourself in the mirror and say what have you done today to make yourself feel proud and with that keep reaching for the stars because that's where it all begins never let anyone tell you who to love how to love or how to make your dreams come true i'm john hollywood your host coming to you live from dallas texas have a great evening and when you go outside please wear a mask you could save someone's life good night Thank you.